we're about to see a completely new understanding of the original Medrash. Right? The original Medrash, the king comes to town with an entourage and he has three different groups with him. We saw them yesterday mentioned again, the Duchsin, the Yifarchim, and the Astrita Luton, whoever these people are. Right? Different, different ministers and, and dukes and lords and whatever he's got. And those up until this point, I mean, it's still, because we haven't read the, the end of the paragraph, but those, those um, ministers represented some level of either physical or metaphysical intermediaries that are the conduit for God's bracha into this world, but in no way, shape, or form the source of that bracha. Someone might get confused and think they either are worthy of, these were the two mistakes that the Rebbe talked about in the beginning of the Mimer, either they're worthy of, of, uh, of worship and, and, and honor because of their position to be the source of this hashba, not the source, but the conduit for the hashba, or that actually a Kaddish Baruch has, so to speak, given the world over to these intermediaries to run, like the king who would give the ministers the country to run. The king's still the king, but... Uh, He's not involved in everyday affairs. It's a fairly common, as we mentioned then, and it's important to think about it because it's so amazing when you see it in such stark terms, how ridiculous such an idea is. All sorts of people. God created the world, created nature from people. God created the world, created nature, everything works out in nature, and God's just like up there somewhere. Without the Balshantov's understanding of... Uh, of uh, so Kaddish Baruch doesn't have a lot to do with the world. Okay. We that's how we understood it. Now the Rebbe is going to say it's, it means something. It, 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 it can also mean, it hints at something else also, even deeper. Okay? So, in, we're, we're in the middle of understanding the, the mushal of the Alter Rebbe. The Mashal Vialta Rebbe is that there's a king who throws a feast, and in the feast he has a big table, and at the table are the Sarim Gedolim and the Avadim Chashuvim, the big, the important ministers and the important servants. There are two other groups of, I can't say people because one of them is dogs, two other groups of beings outside the table. Who's that? The simple Avadim and the dogs. We started from the bottom up. The dogs are the, are, are, represent those people who just want... Shefa. I want what I want. I want my life to be comfortable. My life is about me, and, and uh, I'll do everything possible to make that life comfortable. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to do certain good things in the world. I might do all sorts of good things in the world. Why? Because it's good for me, and I get something out of it. I either get reward, or I get money, or I get covered, or whatever it is that I get what I get, and that's what he's interested in, and that's the caliph. It's all me, this. It's all about me. The avadim chashu, the avadim pshutim, the simple, the simple avadim, they serve the king. They serve the king with Kabbalah's all. They're very committed to serving the king. But there's no rutzen, there's no tainu. The rabbi didn't use the word, but we use simcha. There's no simcha in their veda. They're not interested. This isn't what they want to do. They do it because they know if they don't do it, they're going to get smashed. Right? That's that's why they do it. Okay? Then there's the avadim chashu. Now those people aren't at the table of the king. Now, it, 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 someone might understand this, that they're not at the table, the table of the king because the king is punishing them. They're not at the table of the king because they don't want to be at the table of the king because they're not interested in the king. Right? It's, it's not their understanding that they're not at the table of the king. It's not that the king kicked them away. Right? I mean, they don't belong at the table of the king because they're not interested in the king. Right? Whereas then there's two groups of people who are interested in the king. There's the Evid Choshuv, the Avadim Choshuvim, who also serve with Kabbalah's Ol and are very, very, very careful to do what it is that they have to do. And they do it with Ratzon and Tainuk. They get a Geshmak from serving the king. Right? They don't love the king. That's the next step. But they get a Geshmak from serving the king. They appreciate the, the opportunity to serve the king. They think that's something very, very important. Right? And they get they, that's, that's what they want to do. That's what they get pleasure from. Right, they look forward to serving the king every day. Okay, so they're at the table. And then there's the higher level, and that's the, the highest level in the, in the, the people other than the king, are the Sarim G'daylim, and the Rebbe divided those up into two different groups. Right, but basically, who are the Sarim G'daylim? The Sarim are the people who have a greater appreciation of the king, and therefore have a love of the king. Right? 
Not then. Is that phone part of the class or is it something else? Something else. Can we get rid of it, please? It doesn't belong. So, so, uh, so that's that's the those are the four people at the table. The rabbi then said that Lamaisi, you can divide the sarim into two groups: the inner cabinet and the cabinet. Right? The sarim gedolim, this very very special sarim who are very close to the king. And the regular sarim, the ministers who are part of the cabinet, they're very, they're, they're very important people, but they're not part of the inner cabinet. And the avadim chashuvim. And those three groups of people, the Rebbe says, they can correspond to the people at the table. They correspond to the people who came into the town in the medrash, who came in, the medrash that we began the, the Maimah with, came into the town with the king. That's the king's entourage. And, and they're with the king. Right, the Rebbe's going to make a, 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 a diok on that idea. They're with him. Okay? So a person might think that those are the people we want to talk to. They'll look at the table and they say, oh, oh, you see those people there? Those are the people I want to talk to. No, you want the king. Well, you have to be a peacock to want the king. Okay. So we got up to the... the I'm going to start at the... the one line up from where we got to, Kaloshan HaMedrash, like the language of the Medrash, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines up from the bottom of, of the page, and uh, from the bottom of the column, on Kufhei, the paragraph, not including that last word, HaMelech, the word, last word on the line is Kaloshan. These people are found with the king, the three different groups, the Dukhs and the Yifarchin and the Lutin, they correspond to the three different groups at the table, they were with him, as the Medrash says. But Dugma Savadim Chashuvim Vesarim, just like the important servants and the ministers, Shinim Sarim Bashokhan Amalek, that are found at the table of the king of the king. Valpiza based on this one could say, the Hagam that even though the simple shot of the idea of the Duxin, etc., these these the entourage of the king. What what does that mean simply? So what is that? The Rebbe says, He la'ayin sarim, the 70 ministers, each nation of the world has its own metaphysical power. The noiga, it's a level of klipa, but it's level of klipa's noiga because it's not necessarily connected only to tuma. Right? What are these? The intermediary powers which are the source of the power and existence of the 70 nations in the world and all of physicality, right? And where, where in downtown Torah have you ever run into such an idea? Pretty common. One of the most famous stories in Chumash. Who does Yaakov do battle with? Oh, Esau. Esau's what? Angel. Angel. Exactly, there you go, that's one of them. One of what that's a metaphysical power that is the metaphysical source of the physical reality called Asa. Because everything has a source in a metaphysical in a metaphysical reality. Right? So where does Asaph come from? So Asaph got obviously Asaph comes from the Abish story in, in, in ultimate terms. Said it, but what what levels of metaphysical reality are responsible for Asaph? So there's a level of metaphysical reality specifically responsible for Asaph, and those are called the Ayan Sarim. The seventy ministers, so simple, right? And and they and they have a certain amount of influence in what goes on in the world. But what are they in truth? They're only a, a gars and biyad They're only an axe in the hand of the woodchopper. Because whatever Kodesh Baruch Hu wants, that's what happens. And they're sim- simply the conduit for that. Okay, but what might someone think? Might someone might someone might think that they have some power unto themselves? That was the those were the mistakes of the people at the beginning of the Maimon. Okay. So that's how we understood. When we brought the Medrash, the Medrash was brought to help us understand the mistake of these people. Right? That they're, made, they're, they're dealing with these intermediaries as something more important than they are. Are there such states of existence? Of course there are such states of existence. Yes, there are. The physical world comes from a metaphysical state. That metaphysical state exists. What are they? Well, okay, well, it depends what physical reality you're talking about. Is there a mullah on top of every blade of grass hitting it, like Hazal say, telling it to grow? Of course there is. What does that mean? So what does a physical person think? A physical person thinks there's some little mullah who's going to turn him into a leprechaun, and there's this little leprechaun standing on the grass with a stick going, grow, grow, grow. 
Well, if you're physical, that's what you would think it is, but that's not a physical reality. It's a metaphysical reality. What is it? It's the lowest level of metaphysical reality that's the direct source of physical reality. What would the physicist call it? I don't know. Right? But when the physicist looks down in his microscope and he keeps turning it up and turning it up and turning it up and then he sees there's some energy that has no mass that is causing the smallest piece of mass to act in a certain way, okay. He can't see the energy. Why not? Because it's not physical. But there's some energy there that's causing the smallest particle that he can see to act in a certain way. Okay, so that's the closest he's going to come to appreciating metaphysical reality. Now, he's not a dummy, right? So he'll figure it out. He'll go, whoa, why, why would I think that it stops there? Just because that's the only thing that I can, I can't see it, but that's the only thing I can see what it does. Right? Oh, okay, everything stops there. Because if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Okay, there are people who live like that. Yeah, a lot of people. 100%, right? But... You know, most people can get out of that box if they, I mean, everybody can get out of that box if they want to, right? So when we thought, when we talked about the the king's entourage, who were we talking about? So that's what we're talking about: the mazolish, the kechovim, these powers that these 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 levels of reality that have some influence on the world. But again, the influence isn't that they actually have influence. But that they're the, they're the conduit to draw down godly energy into the world. Okay, that there's such things, right? Just like, right? You don't get energy directly from God. You get it through an apple. Right? You eat an apple, you get energy. If you don't eat apples, you won't have energy. Well, so worship the apple? Of course not. Is the apple the source of your energy? Well, on some level, absolutely. There's no question. Did, did, is the apple making a decision to be the source of your energy? Of course not. You're making the decision that the apple should be the source of your energy. Right? But you get energy straight from God? No. That's not true. You don't. I mean, some level we do. Right? But even that, we have to do something called sleep in order to you know, get that you know, basic general energy. Okay? Whatever sleep does. Okay, well, we know what sleep does, right? Our neshama leaves where it is and goes back to its source and is rejuvenated and re-energized and comes back into the body, and okay, fine. So people who know how to do sleep best don't need very much. The Tzanzarev was once asked, why it is the Tzanzarev, how can he sleep for two hours a night? So he said, and he meant it seriously, he said, some people eat fast, I sleep fast. I know how to do in less time what most people accomplish in six or seven hours. I can accomplish that in two. Get my soul up there, it does what it has to do, and it comes back down. It's in the express line. If you live soul, I guess you can do that. If you live body, so then we're going to sort of do it however anybody does it. But if you're the Tzanzarov, so you can do it in a different way. So the, 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 the energy you and I get, where, how do we get godly energy? We get, now it all comes from the How do you and I get it? What's energizing the apple? Godly energy. You want godly energy? Eat an apple. The godly energy that's energizing the apple will now become your energy. The apple exists, right? Who gives its existence? God. That's how, that's how we get energy. Through intermediaries, food. We think food is giving us energy, so worship food. Right? Should you know start worshiping apples and 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 uh, on Tuesday everybody will worship lasagna, and in the morning everybody will worship shakshuka. Right? Oh, shakshuka, <laughs> source of energy. Shakshuka is not the source of your energy. God gives energy to that egg, and that egg gives you energy. You take that energy into you. That's why there's certain energy you shouldn't take into you because it's not healthy energy. It's called trade food. It's bad energy. Don't want that energy. Will you get energy from it? Absolutely. It's just not good energy. Right? Some people take drugs. They're tired. What do they take? A drug. Bad energy. <laughs> It'll work. <laughs> it works. It's just not healthy.
Some people think drugs make them happy. They don't think that, they do. They make them happy. Drugs work. Short term. They're excellent. Short term solutions to a person's feeling of emptiness. Perfect short term solution. Very, very, very bad and counterproductive long term solution to a person's feeling of emptiness and unhappiness. Excellent short term. They work. If they didn't work, no one would do it. <laughs> of course they work. People feel great for a while. But it ultimately just digs a dip deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper hole that they're going to have to get out of at some point. Or, or not, right? I mean, they might not, and then they just disappear in the hole. But it definitely works. Of course it works. Why in the world would people do it if it doesn't work? Why, do we, why is it necessary to conjure up the idea of malachim that affect everything that's physical, like you said, like your grass? Why is that? Who conjured it up? That's just the way it works. But no one conjured it up. I understand, but what? what why? Okay. Why does God do it that way? Yes. I don't know. We don't know. That's God's decision. Why does an atzmus give direct energy to everything? It could. You and I would have nothing to talk about. We'd have no, no avenue at all to come to any understanding of godly reality. Okay, so, well, I guess that would make a difference in our lives, and that would evidently make a difference in terms of the Abishter's ability, Abishter's ability, the Abishter's, uh, the fulfillment of the Abishter's desire that there be a dear B'dachtoinim. Right? But, uh, uh, you know, you and I can talk about God because the Abishta created the world in such a way that he, he, he allows for there to be levels of him that are discussable. Why? I guess he wants us to discuss him. Not much to talk about in Atmos. Okay, that, and, we, would, and we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have anything to say about Atmos because we wouldn't even have anything to compare it to. Now at least we can compare it to infinite godly light and, and the finite kalim that are, that are the source of all of everything. Okay, but so he didn't want that. So besides, so do it a different way. He can do whatever he wants. He just wanted to do it this way. Why did he lead the Jewish people through the desert with a guy named Moshe? Why not do it himself? He can't do it himself. Of course he can do it himself. <laughs> What's the problem? Right? So why does he decide there has to be a Moshe? And there's a Moshe in every generation, like we learned in the last Mimer, that Moshe is the source of the Amun of the Jewish people, and he brings them. Why? What does he need all that for? Just do it some other way. Right? The, 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 the Rebbe asked an amazing question. Right? They say that there's certain things that the Kaddish Baruch wants us to earn what we get from him so we won't be embarrassed, because our nature is to be embarrassed when we get something for free. So the Rebbe asks a very and, and that's that's brought and that's a real answer. It's called it's in it's in the Zayar Nahama Dikisufa, bread of embarrassment. People like to work for things. And most people, right? Healthy people don't like hands up. Don't like they are embarrassed to get something for free. They don't like that. Okay, that's the nature of a healthy person. Okay. The Rebbe asks a very obvious question. So don't make that our nature. Why did God make that our nature? Just make us another way. So we aren't embarrassed to get something free and then give us everything from above without any work from below. What's wrong with that? Well, he could do that. That's just not what he wanted. Right? We could have wanted something else. I mean, what you, that's, that's whatever. Bottom line, kaka. Right? That doesn't mean we don't have a, a very serious understanding as to what these levels, the use of all of these levels Right? Within the context of the fact that they exist. But if they didn't exist, so besides so we wouldn't discuss them. If there weren't elephants, so zoologists would have one less thing to understand. Right? Why are there elephants? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, there's all sorts of strange creatures out there. I mean, why in the world the Abraham created certain things? What was that about? Okay, I don't know. Who's there? Why? God gets a kick out of it. I don't know. An elephant. Why are there two types of elephants? One has small ears and one has big ears. Oh, that's very important. Extremely important. Without that, the whole world would fall apart. I mean, there's certain things we just understand. Okay, beside it. But the, the way it is, is the way it is. And in all fairness, it, it makes perfect sense to us, understand intellectually, that that allows you and I to actually discuss, learn, for bringing about God because there's levels of godly reality we can discuss. 
as opposed to Atzmus creating slugs straight. From Atzmus to the slug with nothing in between. Can that happen? Of course that can happen. The Ebershah can do anything he wants. He's not limited in any way, shape, or form. So when we say, and we do say in Chassidus, that this level exists, this level has to exist in order for this level has to, to, to exist, that's only within the context of the fact that that's what a Kaddish Baruch would decide and that's the way it works. That doesn't mean there's an absolute necessity. Within the context of the way the world works, there's an absolute necessity. But it could have worked another way. Just, just the way it is. So there are these intermediaries that God uses. Mikol Mokim. So that's what you would think. It's the Ayin Sadim. The Noiga. That's what we just said, right? Kamuv Elil Be'am which we said earlier in the Mimer. So we said. And we talked to them, and the Rebbe mentions in footnote 60, we talked to them that these ones are Ovid, these ones serve the sun, and these ones serve the moon. So we're talking about created reality. Maybe even metaphysical created reality, still created reality. Mikol Mokin. The Rebbe says something quite astounding. Zesha Medayik, that which it's... You, you, you can read the words carefully. Shaduchsin, hayu imoy, that the duchsin were with him. It says that these the entourage of the king is with the king. Who This is in order to hint shemadaber kan that we're speaking here loyrak ba'ayin sarim. Not not only about these metaphysical levels of reality that are responsible for bringing bringing godly energy down into physical reality. Shehem yesh v'davar bifnei that they are a created thing that has its own separate existence from a Kaddish Baruch Dugmas, like avodim apchusim, like the simple servants. Shemekemem humichutz l'shulchan amelech, that their place is not at the king's table. Because after all, there is something separate from the king. So too, these intermediaries are something separate from the king. Elo, what else could we be talking about? The Rebbe says, Gamba Malochim, Angel Shem, Batalim Lalokus, higher level angels, the angels that people usually think about, that are in a state of complete bittle to the Abishtah. Yes, they're a created thing, but they're Mamish with him. Their whole Metsias, all they're interested in doing, their whole existence is about revealing godliness. Talk to the angel about something. He's not interested in talking about himself. He doesn't have a self to talk about. All he's interested in doing is explaining to you that there's a God and he's a, he's a clear vehicle for the expression and revelation of that God. Right? If you see an angel, you'd be aware very powerfully of the existence of God, not the existence of the angel. Yes, you're aware of the existence of the angel, but the angel frightens you because he's so powerfully, obviously coming from something beyond him. He doesn't hide that. He reveals that. He reveals his source in a higher state. Okay. So that's the entourage of the king, the Rebbe says. Ulamai leyeser. Besfiris datsilus. Who is the entourage of the king? Sphiris. Eilamatsilis. What did we learn about Eilamatsilis in Basi Lagani? Eilamatsilis is a world of kula elokus. It's a world of godliness. Eilam Abriya is a world of creation. The creations in Eilam Abriya are completely bottled by Metzias to a bottled. Sorry, they're not bottled by Metzias. They're, they're a state of Yesh, but they're completely bottled to a Kaddish Baruch. Atzilus? Atzilus is a Kaddish Baruch. Atzilus is a Kaddish Baruch who is God the Creator. That's Eilam Atzilus. What's in Eilam Atzilus? Ten spheres. What are ten spheres? Expressions of godly reality. What was our mushal for the kalim of Atsilus? An ice cup. It's an ice cup. Ice and water. If the ore, if the godly light is the mushal for the godly light we're using is water. Okay, so then the so then the kli, what's the kli? So we said the Ailam Abriya, Ailam Abriya is like a Coke bottle. You can see clearly through the vessel to see the light in the vessel. Ailam Yitzira, we said is like a sprite bottle. There's a kli that allows you to see what's inside it, but it has a little bit of its own yeshus, its own personality, but not in a positive way. 
Well, personality can be, obviously it can be very positive, but it has its own yeshus, meaning its own color. It wants to color the light in terms of its own self a little bit, but it still doesn't hide the light. Elamaze is mayor's cup, completely conceals what's in it. The kli completely conceals the light, and unless you're very very sensitive, you don't even appreciate the existence of the light. Okay, what did we say Elamatzilis was? Elamatzilis, what's the mushal? An ice cup. What's ice? H2O. What's water? H2O. It's all elokus. It's all the same. It's just there's elokus in a state of gvul, in a state of limitation. That's the kli. That's the vessel in Elamatzilis. And there's elokus in a state of bilti gvul, unlimited, infinite light, and infinite godliness. That we call light. The infinite revelation of God is called light. The finite revelation of God is through the, through the, through the agency of what you and I call a kli. Which is what Kalim do, right? What is this Kli doing? We've talked about it so many times. Revealing the finite nature of light. Light can be expressed as orange. Light is infinite. What does that mean? There's an infinite amount of expressions of color that are contained in light. What does this Kli do? It reveals one specific aspect of it and hides everything else. Right? It hides every color imaginable except orange. Okay, that's what a kli does. So on, uh, on one hand, a kli reveals, that's true. A kli also hides. Okay, so what do the kalim do in a tzilis? They reveal certain aspects of godly light. Chesed, Gvura, Chachma, Bina. Ten spheres. It's the Ebishtim. It's Kaddish Baruch Hu. Ayla Matzilis is a Kaddish Baruch Look what the Rebbe just said. The Pikach. What's the deepest? This is the atomic bomb there. See, I'm sorry, you didn't have to get up so early, but it's pretty deep. The Rebbe just said that it's possible to understand Pshat in the Medrash. And he's going to say more. That what? The Pikach wants the king. What does that mean? He doesn't want Atsilas. He's willing to forgo Atsilas. He's willing to forgo the most powerful revelation of Elokus. Not the Ayan Sarim, not these levels of metaphysical reality that might be the source of some chef or some bounty. That's not what he's foregoing. He's foregoing something much deeper. He's foregoing an unbelievably powerful, godly experience. Not spiritual experience. Godly experience. Because there can be a spiritual experience that is completely and totally anti-God. I assume people have some experience when they serve idols. Right? The you know Indian ashrams are full of people having spiritual experiences of tumor. It has nothing to do with God. It's just but it's still spiritual. Okay, so spirituality isn't where it's at. Godliness is where it's at. Okay, fine. So the, the, this is elokus. This is spheres tetzilus. She'iyu v'chayui v'garmu yichad. The twentieth chapter of Igeres Kodesh, where the Rebbe explains how in tetzilus the life force, the light and the kli are one. The Kli is also Elokus. In Eilam Hazza, the Kli is not Elokus. This is not Elokus. The ore, the godly light causing this thing to exist is Elokus. We don't see it. This thing that I see, that you all see, is not Elokus. Don't bow down to it. Does it reveal the existence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu? If you understand reality properly, of course it does, because any existence reveals the existence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, because a Kaddish Baruch Hu is existence. Nothing exists outside of his existence. So anything that is is an expression of his existence. But this is a pretty subtle expression of his existence. Go look at a mullah. That's a pretty obvious expression of his existence because the mullah is shining that light at you. Okay. So this is much more, when you look at this, what do you see? Cup. What don't you see? Coffee. Because this isn't revealing coffee. This is revealing cup. When you look at a Coke bottle, what do you see? Coke. Not bottle, Coke. That's what you see. It's revealing what's in it. Okay. This is not revealing what's in it. It's revealing only that which is containing that what's in it. It's, not in, it's hiding what's in it. You don't know what's in here. I could have Coke in here. <laughs> as far as you know. Right? But I think you're used to the fact that it's coffee. Okay, fine. That's what's in here. Right? Someone once said in class, it doesn't work with mayor's cups because Elamaz is becoming more and more a place of concealment. Right? 
but someone once said we were holding up a cup talking about this muscle, and he said, yeah, but if you elevate yourself and look like this, you see what's in it. Right. If you elevate yourself and look at Elam Hazar from a different perspective, you see godliness everywhere. Because that's what it is. If you look at it the right way, what's Elam Hazar? A garden. Basi Lagani, a Chersi Kala. We've talked about it so often. Just living Basi Lagani in here. Okay, Basi Lagani, a Chersi Kala. When the Rebbe looks at the world, what do you see? A desert, desolate, dry, dangerous, dark, horrible. I don't know what Rebbe you're talking about, not the one I learned. What does he talk about? Basi Lagani, I've come to my garden, a place of unbelievable revelation. Open up your eyes, see Mashiach, see godliness, see, see, see Geula. Everything's amazing, it's incredible what's going on. Well, we should have those eyes. How do we get those eyes? We get those eyes by learning his dharma. Then we get his eyes. Right? All we do is read newspapers, so we'll get the eyes of the people who write the newspapers. Darkness, destruction, sheker, lies. Right? All sorts of stuff. Right? Then they'll hint at pornography somewhere on the page, just to keep you reading. And it'll be, you know, proper for a newspaper. It'll be some, you know, lewd thing. Okay? Fine. Okay. So what do we say? That's Elam Hazeh. That's Silas. Silas is Elokos. Silas is just God. The Rebbe is now saying, who's coming in with the Ebishter? The spheres of Atzilus. And the Pikeach the doesn't go to the, go to the spheres of Atzilus for a godly experience. He goes straight to Atzmus. He goes straight to the king himself. That's now the, the, the Medrash, according to the Rebbe. Unbelievable. So look what the Rebbe says. Val pizem muvan. Based on this, it's understood. Oid yeser. Goydel pikhuse shalzeh. The greatness of the, of the wisdom of this one who says, Shamar ananasiv malka. I want the king. I'm taking the king. The nesef lezeh, in addition to the fact that he's not some dumb oivet of Arizara, which is simple pshat in the Medrash, and that we didn't really get. Because what, what exactly is the cleverness of this person? Okay, so the Rebbe explained it in a very sophisticated way, and we understood that you have to have a certain, a certain sophistication in order to, want to connect to the king and forego the bracha because you're interested in emes. Right? In order to connect to the king, you have to be interested in truth. Okay, and that takes a certain amount of sophistication. That's the pikach. Okay, that's what we set up until now. Now the Rebbe's brought it to a whole new level, completely new level. The peacock wants the essence of God as opposed to revealed God. What does that mean? Let's see. In addition to the fact that he doesn't want to be macabre, to receive ashpa, his bounty, like the dogs, and not like the simple servants. That's for sure. He doesn't want that. Hagam, even though even though they get a lot. They get a lot, Baruch Hashem. The king is unbelievably, unbelievably generous, and there's just lots of stuff out there. And he wants to be at the Shulchan of the king. Now, being at the Shulchan of the king, so it, it entails a certain amount of responsibility, right? The people sitting at, this, at, the, at the king's table in the altar of his marshal have a lot more responsibility in life than the people who, who are in the kitchen or the dogs. The dogs have no responsibility. They choose to have no responsibility, right? But they have no responsibility. The avadim pchusim have much less responsibility. Shifts over, they're gone. Right? And, and, and what they do does, is pretty mindless. Right? The avadim chashuvim have more responsibility, and they might actually be called in the middle of the night to take care of something when things are, have to be taken care of. You don't ask the simple servant to do that. He's off. He's not here. Right? And the sarim, well, the sarim are on 24-7. They're, 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 in, they're really in charge. They're responsible. Okay. Say them. So there's advantages to being the Evid Pashut, right? I mean, the, the simple, the, the, not Evid Pashut, because that's a high level in Chassid. It's the Evid Pachut, the low Evid. Oh, yeah. okay, he goes home. He doesn't have anything to worry about. 
they get a lot, a lot of ribuy. Right? All they have to do is eat the stuff off the plates of the people who didn't eat at the meal, and they're, they're in good shape. For he wants to be at the king's table. Elo it's not only that he wants to be at the king's table. That's one level of the mushal. Now the Rebbe is saying, no, it's more. He also doesn't want these very lofty levels of godly reality that aren't the Abishter himself. They're revealed <laughs> godliness and not essential godliness, which we know about because Baruch Hashem, we've been learning about it. What's that? The malachim. Malachim. Angels, like real angels. Mechoyel, Gavriel, Raphael, like the real thing. Spheres Tatsilus. Even Spheres Tatsilus. Ulamayliyesu, even beyond that. He's not even interested in Seveh. He doesn't even want levels to, be, to experience levels of, of Seveh. And now the Rebbe brings a Moshe for this. Elaba Melech. He wants the Melech. Ananasiv Malka. Now we're going to see, but what's... what's see, why do you have to be a Pikeach? I don't understand. The Melech's greater than all of these levels. So, why not just... I mean, everybody would want the Melech. Someone tells you you can have a billion dollars, a hundred million dollars, or ten million dollars. What do you want? I'll take a billion dollars. I mean, why should I take anything else? I'll take a billion dollars. That's better. Okay. So, so what's the big deal? Why do you have to be a pikach to want the melech? Well, there's one very, very big disadvantage in wanting the melech, and let's see, the Rebbe's going to explain it. First of all, there's one more explanation of what it means to want the king. Very well-known, famous terror of the Baal Shem Tev. The tefillah of the, of, the, of the poor man, that he'll be you know, like Lisatev Petitsis, right? That he'll be, you know, whatever, shrouded or something. In front of Hashem, he throws his talk, his sicha, his talk. So, what does the Baal Shem Tev say? What's Pshat? Yeah. Kuf base, right? Look at the footnote 64. Exercise, eat all the right foods when you get the kuf beis. This is what you say. Right. Play your cards right? Yeah, right. Not, not, guaranteed. Right? That was my father's kapitka. I was saying kuf beis every day the, day the year my father passed away. For uh, eight, eight, nine, eight months. From Sivan until, until Tevis. I don't know. However many months that is. Kuf beis every day. Throw. throw, yeah, poor, poor, throw, you know, like. But it's not limzog. Limzog, even though limzog literally means to mix, but when you talk about limzog, a kos, it means you're pouring a kos in a very. Lishpoch would mean like to spill on a certain level, right? It, that, that's actually what it means in modern Hebrew. Lama shafachta is that why you spill this? Yeah, it's less controlled. What, what's the pshat? What's the ani? Now the ani is someone who needs a lot, right? He's lacking in everything. And yet, when he davens in front of the Abishter, lifnei havaya yishpeich The Malshem says, what's pshat? Sheinam avakeh shum davar. He's not asking for anything. Utfilosei he, and what's his tfilo? Shelifnei Hashem. That in front of Hashem, his words will be found. In other words, all he wants is that he's talking to the Melech. He's not asking for anything. What's the Tfilalani? Please, Akadish Baruch, I just want to talk to you. I just want you. What does that mean? So the way brings a mushroom. This requires a tremendous amount of cleverness, of sophistication. Like a fleshly king. In order to go into the chamber. And a kitain, actually, it's interesting, it's an interesting language, because a kitain might be a very a fairly simple chamber. 
as opposed to something, you know, incredible. In order to get into the chamber of the king, Shaboy Nimsa Melech, Veliras is Melech, and to see the countenance of the king, what must he do? Tzarech Lavor Tchilo, first the person has to pass through the palace. What's in the palace? Derech Kama Vekama Hecholis, through a number of chambers. These chambers are absolutely magnificent. Magnificent. Chamber after chamber. There are those that when they see the incredible beauty and value that's in the outer chamber, the wall is coated with gold, figurines, carpets, art, unbelievable what's in that chamber. What might happen to a person? Might forget. Might forget where he's going and get stuck in the chamber. Wow. Now, what's going to happen when it, well, this chamber is, is an incredible experience for the person experiencing it. It's, in, it's, it's beyond belief. Never saw anything like it. He's in a state of pleasure beyond anything he's ever, ever experienced. When he's in the face of the king, what's he going to experience? The king. What's he not going to experience? Himself. At all. Nothing. Zero. No, I don't want that. I want to experience the pleasure. Okay. I want Elam Abba. I want to experience revealed godly reality. I want Elam Atzilus. Elam Abba is Elam Abriya. Ganeidin. It's Elam Abriya. What's in Elam Abriya? The pleasure that we get in Elam in Gan Eden is evidently, according to Chazal, it's the same Mishnah that says, it's quoted a lot in Chassidus, it's quoted The connection to a Kaddish Baruch that you get through one moment of mitzvah in this world is greater than all of the world to come. That's the part of the, the Mishnah in Pirkei Abbas that's quoted all the time. What's the second half of the Mishnah? Might even be the first, I don't remember which comes first. One moment of pleasure in the world to come is greater than all of this world. In other words, how is that explained? Not the pleasure that you'll get in this world. All of the pleasure that could possibly be experienced in this world by everybody for 6,000 years of the world's history. All of the emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual pleasure that could possibly be experienced. One moment in Elam Abba is greater than that. That's how nice Elam Abba is. That's how nice Gan Eden is. That's why Rebbe davened for his Rebbe, that's why Rebbe Mayer, I'm sorry, davened for his Rebbe, Acher, right, who had to spend a thousand years in Ganon. And he said it's worth it for him to spend, meaning he could have just disappeared. Right? Rebbe, Rebbe Mayer davened that his Rebbe, Acher, who right, became an apostate, right, so, so he davened that rather than his neshama be cut off and die, he should go through a thousand years of Gehenim in order to ultimately get Gan Eden. What a Chazal... Didn't Rabbi Meir pull him out? Of what? Of Gehenim? That I'm not sure. That, uh, that I'm not sure. It might be there's such, it might be there's such a... But, but, uh, but, but what, what's a thousand years of Gehenim? They say that one moment in Gehenim if you want to be, uh, if you want to be one of the Evid Pshutim, right? Evid, Evid, Evid Pchusim, one of the lower levels. Evid, the only reason that he does turn mitzvahs is because he's afraid he's going to get smashed. What's the smash? They say one moment of Gehenim is seventy years of the trials and tribulations of Eiv. Job. You ever read the book of Job? You ever read what he went through? Okay. One moment, one moment in Gehenim is is the same as seventy years of what Eiv went through. Okay, times a thousand years, maybe, you know, right? One moment, how many moments in a thousand? So how many years of Yev is Rabbi Meir going through in order to get Gan Eden? And Rabbi Meir, I'm sorry, and Acher, Rabbi Meir Davin that he should go through that because Gan Eden's worth that. Well, okay. So I might get stuck on that. And what will I forget? The king? Why? See, see tomorrow. Well, see Sunday. It's a famous statement of the Alter Rebbe. Right. What does the Alter Rebbe say? I don't want your gun, Aiden. I don't want your Elam Haba. I want you. 
Ah, what's the big deal? It's a billion dollars, a hundred million dollars, ten billion dollars. Because there's no me there. I'm not experiencing anything. There's no pleasure. There's nothing but absolute truth. That's what it's about there. There's other levels where it's all about my physical, my spiritual pleasure. Okay. A person can serve God to get spiritual pleasure. Fine. That's one of the guys who goes to the to the entourage of the king. It's exactly the Medrash, the Rebbe says. Exactly what the Medrash is talking about. The king comes in. The Torah is sent to the world. You can either use the Torah to experience spiritual pleasure and upliftedness, or connect to the king which has nothing to do with you it's just the king Ananasib Malk and the Pikeach says Ananasib Malk what does he want? the Ebishter so what does that mean? He puts on tefillin because it's the Ebishter the Rebbe once said and you can try that this this morning think about it when you put on tefillin the Rebbe once said one, I mean he didn't say tefillin he said one mitzvah day do one mitzvah day think before you do that mitzvah I am doing this I don't want anything I don't want any elam hazeh from this I don't want any elam haba from this I don't want anything from this I just am doing this so you will get what you want I don't want anything not an upliftedness not a reward in elam haba nothing garnished just so you'll get a mitzvah Think about that before you put on tefillin today. Oh, this feels so good. It's fat. It's over. It's finished. It's done. Okay, me again. Whoa, this is the best mitzvah I ever did. I'm getting better. I'm probably getting a lot of Elam Abba for this. Finished. Over. Done. Right? That's not it. No, I don't want anything. I, I'm getting a positive feeling. I don't want that. Take it away. I'm not interested. Go away. That's on Nasib Malka, the Rebbe says. Wow. So he goes through all of these chambers. Unbelievable. Gorgeous. There are those when they see the, the glory, the beautiful chambers on the outside, in the, in the, the beautiful, the, the, the beauty in the outside chambers, they experience an unbelievable pleasure. They get stuck there. And there are those there are those who manage to get past the first one, they get into the second one. The third one. They're more sophisticated. They've been to Buckingham Palace once. Okay, so now this is a little better. Probably the French do it better than the English. So now they're in, you know, Versailles or something. You know. French are probably better at this. They're better at Chitzenius than the English. Vadafka Mishu Chochem Godel. Specifically the ones, the one is really smart. He doesn't go with anachashivas, meaning he doesn't give any importance to the beauty. The, the, the writer says, The incredible beauty that's found even in the innermost chamber doesn't move him. Because what's the only thing he wants? Ananasib Malka. The king's on the other side of the door. And and when you, when you get to the king, it might be a simple room. That's, it's finishing. It says a key turn. It doesn't say a fancy hechel. It says a key turn. Simple room. It might be a simple room. But what's in the room? The king. V'kol retsenu chukose, all of his desire and his longing, he likones la kitan, to go into the smaller room, boinim sa melech. That's where the king is, Vilirais is Penea Melech, and to see the king, but in the face of the king, he's bottled completely. There's no him, it's just the king. In the outer rooms, there's him experiencing the beauty of these incredible places. It's magnificent. But he realized that's not what it's about. I gotta get into the king, I can't get stuck here. What's that in, what's that in Aveda? says that, says Pasha. he's going to explain it even further in Ches, but this is unbelievable. That what? Now the new Pshat in the Petrish? 
This one says, I want Atsilus. This one says, I want Arich. This one says, I want Atik. Right? This one says, I want this level of Elokus. This one says, I want this level of Elokus. And the Pikach says, just want the Ebrish. Just want the Melech. Not interested in any revelation. I'm <coughs> not interested in, in any upliftedness. I'm not just want to be connected to the king because the king's the king because that's what's real everything else it's amazing it's incredible it's beautiful it's holy it's, it's amazing but it's not the king it's not mamish 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 the king let's just see the beginning of Ches and we'll stop famous passage that's quote again who else but David Melech? Right, we just, you know, in those 150 chapters of Tehillim explained every single nuance of human experience in our relationship with God and in our relationship with the world. Everything, it's just all there. She'inyin zehu, that's why we say them. She'inyin zehu ha'ava, this is the love of demi li b'shemayim. Who is to me in shemayim? Ve'im chaloi chafasti. With you, I don't desire. I don't desire anything with you. I just desire you. Mi li b'shemayim. All these levels of spiritual, heavenly. Im. I just nothing but nothing but you. Not with you. Nothing with you. Just you. So that's pashat the medrash, right? V'hayu imay. They were with him, but the, 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 the pikach doesn't want that. Pikach sema. I just. Now, obviously, we're going to have to figure out how this is relevant in any way, shape, or form to relatively simple people like us. Or, maybe even worse, relatively confusing, not simple, people like us. <laughs> I mean, how we are so simple? If we were so simple, this might be easier. But we're very not simple. Right? Okay. How's it relative to us? Okay, the Rebbe's going to talk about that. Do not worry. This is Lubavitcher Rebbe. If you ever met him, he doesn't leave one stone unturned. And the end of it is going to be, and he doesn't even, he's going to talk about it here already, but I mean, I'll talk about it, at, uh, sorry, he talks about it at the bottom of tests, but, it, but he's going to talk about it even more later, the Mimer. But what's this? Mili b'shemayim v'im I just mentioned this, so I just want you to see it. We'll read the two lines of the, of the Alter Rebbe and we'll stop. That the Alter Rebbe was heard, and evidently this is something not that the Alter Rebbe did once, it's something that was fairly common. And evidently the Alter Rebbe, when he said this, he used to roll on the floor. Ich will ze garnest. I want nothing. Ich will nit dein ganeden. I don't want your ganeden. The Rebbe's going to make a diuk. Your ganeden. Not some fake Ganeden, not Walmart Ganeden, your Ganeden, like the Abishter's Ganeden. Ich will nit dein Elam Abba, your Elam Abba, it's the real thing. Ich will mer nit as dich allein, I want you alone. I'm not interested in any state of godly revelation, I just want etzim. I just want the essence of God. Wall. That's the Medrash now. And you have to be a peacock to go there. Because most people are going to get very carried away by, by, by the loftiness of beautiful spiritual, spiritual elevation and, and spiritual achievement. And it's beautiful. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's not that it's fake. That stuff on the walls of the king's palace as you walk into the king's chamber, that's not fake. That's not... That's not... Uh, it's, not uh, it's 24 karat gold. All of it. On the walls, everything. Incredible. Okay. What was in the Kedush HaKadoshim in the second temple? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Empty. Can you imagine the Roman surprise? Romans, the ultimate expression of Chitzenius and, you know, external reality. Figuring there's going to be some, you know, giant idol in there. They walk into the Kedesh Gadashim as they're destroying the base of Mikdash and it's an empty room. Wild. 
what used to be in there was the iron. Said in the first base of Mikdash, the iron was there. But the iron itself is also is very fascinating because even though it's this incredibly beautiful thing with the kruvim, it doesn't take up space. It's not really part of space, right? Because what do we know? What's the one of the miracles of the base of Mikdash? The iron ain't aminamida. That the iron was a, a was a physical object that was one and a half ames wide, one and a half ames tall, and two and a half ames long. It had absolute, specific, and exact measurements. And if it weren't, if it wasn't those measurements, it would have taken up space. But it was exactly those measurements, and therefore, if you measured from the how how wide was the Kedush Kedoshim in the Mishkan, ten ames wide, right? I mean, it's the sweet partial, right? We talked about it on Tuesday. It's this week's parsha, right? So the iron is in the middle. I believe the iron was this way. I'm not sure. I think it was this way. Okay, not lengthwise, widthwise. Whatever. Okay. So from here's ten amas. So from here to here is five amas. From here to here is five amas. Right. Okay. From here to here was how far? Five amas. From here to here was how far? Five amas. Wait a minute, there's this thing in the middle that's taking up space. It can't be five on this. If it's, if it's, let's say it's it's widthwise, so it's one and a half. So then this is four and a quarter, and this is four and a quarter, that's eight and a half, and this is one and a half, that's ten. No. If you measured from here, it's five. If you measure from here, it's five. If you walked into this thing, you get a bruise. Takes up exactly a certain, it has very specific dimensions. It doesn't take up space. Gonna be, how can it be in space and not in space simultaneously? Oh, that's exactly the point. That's the nimna nimna oh, the paradox of paradoxes of, of, of truly encountering God. He's in space and not in space simultaneously. He's not limited by it in any way, shape, or form, but he's the source of it. Okay, that's the iron. What's in there? The Torah, the tablets, broken ones, full ones. Right, the square ones, right? Square tablets fit snug into the square art. Tablets didn't look like that. They looked like that. Square. It's catching on, Baruch Hashem. Rabbi talks about it a lot, and it's slowly but surely catching on in the world, and people don't draw tablets like that very often. It doesn't make any sense. How are they going to fit in the iron if they're round? <laughs> the iron wasn't round. It was a flat top, so they had to have a flat top. It fits snugly in the iron. There wasn't a space. Anyway, that's a separation. So that's the archive. So it, the, the, the Kedish Kedoshim, the holiest place imaginable, what's in there? Something beyond anything else. So now theoretically a Kayin could go in there for his own spiritual elevation. Okay, that's what they did 50 years running in the second base of Mikdash. Went in there to experience incredible spiritual elevation. What used to happen? Dead. Dead. Drag him out with the rope that was tied to his foot. They died. For, I think it was what, it was. Oh my! I think it was thirty-seven or thirty-five or fifty. I don't know how many years in a row they died. I was wondering about the twenty-fifth guy. You know, like why did he go? Like, evidently, he wanted a, a hit in Luchnius, and he figured it was worth dying for. I don't know. I guess so, because they just kept going, right? I mean, their tithers were Luchnius. Our tigers are, gosh, man, someone will do that for, uh, you know, some food. Right. Uh, well, that's what's so interesting. The Rebbe is saying, no, that's exactly what the Rebbe is saying here, that no, there can be a Ruchnistika taiva that still keeps you away from Etzim, even though you're still connected to something godly. Right. So their tigers were pretty serious. What, they, what was their type? They were willing to die to have an experience of godly revelation. They, they were bribed, right? It was the end of the second base of Mitzvah. It was a disaster. The, 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 the Kayin Gadol would bribe to become the Kayin Gadol. He'd pay money to become... He wasn't fit for it. So he'd walk in there and die. I don't know. How long did he... How long was he in there before he died? I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I've never seen it written anywhere. I mean, maybe it is. How long did he get to stay in there before he died? Walked in, poof. Did he experience anything? I don't know. I mean, who knows? They kept going. They kept going. It's interesting, no? Year after year after year. And it's hard to believe that the 25th guy thought, I'll make it. Right? I assume he knew what was going to happen. He just was willing to do that. I assume. I don't know. I don't know. 
It's a different title than the Super Bowl. Or, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, Sunday morning.